Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 188. This episode is brought to you by Jim Hodges Audiobooks. No matter which history curriculum you use, you'll be able to find loads of historical fiction audiobooks to use in your homeschool. And he even has a chronological list of all titles where you can totally match your history studies with your audiobooks. Plus, check out the Download a Month Club, which is an awesome value. Learn more at 41more.com forward slash audio. Jim Hodges Audiobooks, their tagline says it all, because mom can only read so much. Welcome to episode 188. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 188. Today, our title of the episode is Mystery of History or Story of the World, comparing two popular homeschool history choices. Now, I know that I've seen a lot of homeschool families asking online, um, you know, what's the difference between Mystery of History and Story of the World? Mystery of History is by Linda LaCour Hobart, and Story of the World is written by Susan Wise Bauer. And they're both, they, they have a lot of similarities, but there are some stark differences. And you might want to know the differences between the two so you can see which one would be a better fit for your homeschooling philosophy and your worldview. And we have used both of them in our homeschool over the years for different reasons each time. And so I thought I'd offer my perspective about both of them. So we're going to kind of walk through what you should know about them. You know, are they secular or Christian? Are they classical? You know, what grades are perfect for them? And then um, also like, who should use mystery of history and who should use story of the world? There are certain homeschool families that I think it would be a better fit for, you know, one or the other for you. So I want to walk you through it. You will find so much detail if you go to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 188, because I'm going to go even into deeper detail. Plus I give some video flip throughs. So if you want to see the actual curriculum and how it's set up and what it looks like, definitely head on over to the show notes for that. So I want to dive into them. Let's talk about them one at a time. And if you've ever wondered this, this episode is for you. And if you, your kids aren't into history yet and you haven't picked a history curriculum, maybe you're just homeschooling a kindergartner and you're really doing a more relaxed approach, but you're thinking about the future, then this will be a great episode for you as well to get some perspective. Okay. So let's jump into it. Let's talk about mystery of history first. So when we first started homeschooling, 
like over way over a decade ago, we started with Mystery of History. It had it was a very new publication, and we started with volume one. And we went through all four volumes um, for about 10 years until our oldest kids were ready to spin off into their high school courses. But we did it with multiple ages together. This is the beauty of both of these curriculums is you can teach multiple ages together. There's no such thing as third grade Mystery of History or seventh grade Mystery of History. It's just Mystery of History. And you can use it with multiple ages and I'll tell you how. So she covers all of world history in four volumes, basically, um, volumes one. Well, I'll just tell you what they are. Volume one is creation to resurrection. Volume two, early church and middle ages, volume three, the Renaissance reformation and growth of nations and volume four wars of independence to modern times. And the way that you can easily use this for multiple kids is they all, you all listen to the same lesson. Either you can read it from the book or have one of your older kids read it. Or what we did is use, we use the audio version because I didn't want to read the history lesson every day. So, you know, as you're preparing lunch, have the kids listen at the kitchen table to the lesson. And then in each book, you're going to find a list of activities divided into age levels. So there'll be something for the younger students that is right where they are. Then there's something for the younger and middle students, which if you have mainly, you know, elementary kids, upper elementary kids, they could all do the same thing there. And then there's also an older students version. So you can pick and choose what will work best for your family. Maybe for your younger kids, you don't even need to do anything except have them listen to the lesson and draw a picture, you know, and keep a notebook about it. Um, Your older kids, you might get obviously more detailed and expect more from them. But the beauty is you can all learn the same content. Um, There are uh, there are quizzes and exercises and pretests and tests and activities. So if you want to go into all of that, you can. Sometimes we did and sometimes we didn't, just depending on the age of the kids and the stage of life we were in and if we wanted to deal with that. Um, and then also, I mean, there are a lot of other extras you can buy, which are not necessary, but there are things like... Um, activity supplements and there are, you know, you can find timeline resources. She has a student Bible atlas that you can follow along with. Um, you know, so you can add obviously as much as you want to with this, but you could also just keep it very simple. And so to look at your budget and decide, but the basic, all you need is the textbook with the, with the lessons. And then you decide how much you want to add on. You can even go to the library and get a ton of books on the topic or time period that you're studying. What my kids absolutely loved. And if you could do this, I would highly recommend it. It is to make a huge giant life-size timeline, I guess not life-size, but she suggests making it on like a sewing board. Um, I don't know what it's technically called. It's like, let me think, a sewing cutting board. It's ca- cardboard and it's foldable. And when you unfold the whole thing, it's like five feet tall. And so we did this when my boys were little. We Every time we read a Mystery of History lesson, we put the person or the event on this huge timeline. And it was amazing by the time we were done that first volume to see from creation all the way to the resurrection to see all this history. And they loved going back and looking at the people on there and talking about what they knew about them. And then we traced the line of Christ, which uh, with a, like a red golden thread or golden string throughout the whole timeline. And you could see who was related to Jesus, who was in the line of Christ. They really loved this. And so if all you do is read the stories and do a timeline, 
I think you're going to have an amazing, amazing history set up for your kids. So those are just some of the things you might want to know about you know, mystery of history. Now, people also ask, is it secular or Christian? It's definitely distinctly Christian. The main focus, because she calls it the mystery of history, and she's pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the mystery of history. This is who all of history was pointing to, and now all of history is waiting to return. So it's it's definitely a Christian curriculum. And like I said, the kids trace the line of Christ on their massive timeline. So the focus, especially at the beginning, is on definitely on biblical history, with the rest of world history added in for context, rather than the other way around with many other programs, right? Many other programs just look at like world history and they'll add in the Bible as myth. But with mystery of history, the Bible definitely is the focus, especially in volume one. And then she also says, and by the way, while Jonah was going to Nineveh, did you know that the first Olympics were being held? You know, so it's really interesting how she, how she does it. Um, the mystery of history presents the biblical creation of the world with a literal six day creation. She talks about Noah's flood and the resulting ice age that fits with the biblical reading of the age of the earth. So, you know, you want, you want to know that going into it. Linda LaCour Hobart isn't shy about quoting scripture passages to relate to lessons. So that's all through it. The author does state she's writing from a Protestant Christian worldview. However, she does handle the Catholic versus Protestant issues during the Reformation with a lot of grace, and she includes heroes of both Catholic and Protestant traditions. So if you were wondering about where she falls, that is the gist of it. Now, some people even want to know, is Mystery of History classical? Mystery of History doesn't describe itself as uniquely classical, but it could fit into a classical-style homeschool. The reason is classical education is built on these different stages of learning. So the grammar stage, grades one through four, you're learning the building blocks of history. And then the logic stage in grades five through eight, where you're becoming more analytical. And then finally, the rhetoric stage in grades nine through 12, when you're able to express yourself in speaking and writing and come to conclusions. And so mystery of history does fit really well into a classical paradigm. Now, because mystery of history is written to be used in chronological order, and you're supposed to go through it several times during a child's education, you can go through each volume at a deeper and deeper level at each stage. And so if you are in a classical homeschool model, that really is what you're wanting to do anyway. And so you can, of course, add in more um, independent reading for your high schoolers, you know, the great books of Western literature and that kind of thing. We definitely did use mystery of history. I would say at least two times through, I think, um, before the kids, I did have them spin off separately when they were in high school, but it's so flexible. You can use it however you see fit. You could just use it once and then spin off to other curriculum, or you could use it multiple times in, you know, your kid's education. Now you might want to also know, is there, is there enough history covered in these books? I would say it's enough for kindergarten through eight, especially if, you know, cause you have so many extra projects you can add in if you want to, but as the kids get older and head into high school, you will want to add in more than just the daily lesson. It isn't enough in my opinion with just their daily lesson. Um, there, you know, you can have them do narration and summaries. You can have them do notebooking and timelines. But like I said, if you use it for high school, you will want to beef it up a bit. You know, each volume, which is 
pretty cool. It introduces your kids to about a hundred important historical figures. And so, you know, as your kids get older, if you're going through these volumes over and over again, they will get that repeated exposure to those, those people and it'll be easier for them to remember. So like I said, this is not a grade level history course. This isn't written for third grade or seventh grade. This is really for multiple ages. And that's what is beautiful about using something like this rather than a traditional publisher who says, this is third grade history. I mean, what is third grade history anyway, right? It's kind of silly. History is one of those things that you can use multiple ages that you can all learn it together. And so that is kind of what I would say. It's a, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. We love it. We're still using it with our youngest and she's going to work her way through it. But if you want to get a video flip through, make sure you go on over to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 188. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we jump into story of the world, let me just give a plug here for teaching history in chronological order to your kids. Something that frustrated me so much with the way history is taught in most public schools, and even I went to Christian school growing up, and this is how it was taught to us. It was it was kind of um, dripped out in little bits and pieces, like in elementary school, like, okay, Thanksgiving is coming up. I guess we'll teach you a little bit about the pilgrims, but it was an ice. It wasn't in context. It was like, Oh, here's, here's the story of the pilgrims. And it didn't make any sense because I didn't have a context for what, what were they going through? Why did they come to America? Nothing makes sense to just dump your kids in history, you know, in the 1600s or whatever. And even just if you're, if you're growing your kids in, you know, going to church and stuff, hearing the Bible stories, a lot of kids, it doesn't dawn on them that these things were happening at the same time as these big events in world history that, that you typically would learn about. And so I just felt like, oh, I hated how history was taught that way. And so I wanted my kids to have a chronological you know, study of history. And that is what both of these curriculums, mystery of history and story of the world, they start at the beginning and they work, walk through because honestly, history doesn't make sense. It's, it's a cause and effect thing. It doesn't make sense to just drop you in. Okay. Let's learn in third grade. Let's all of a sudden start learning American history. How does American history make sense in a vacuum? It doesn't. Or, you know, let's all of a sudden learn about world war two because the kids are interested in it. Well, okay. That's, in, that's okay. I mean, at least they're interested but I still really feel like a chronological framework is super important for, for them to really get a grasp on how things happen. So that's another reason I really love both of these curriculum. Now let's talk about story of the world. By the time some of my kids were in middle school, we had been using mystery of history, but I switched some of them over to story of the world. We, you know how you kind of get tired of stuff. I mean, honestly, you just do. So we had been using it for like a decade. We've been using mystery of history for a decade, but you know, I had some high schoolers that were working independently. I had them using not grass curriculum, but then I had a middle schooler and then, um, 
or maybe I had two middle schoolers and then I had someone in elementary. So when I had a whole big bunch of weird ages, especially when I had a bunch of high schoolers that were spun off, I took my middle schoolers and I had them start reading story of the world instead. And so we transitioned from doing history all together, you know, and to doing it a bit more independently while I started mystery of history volume one with my youngest. So we were all of a sudden doing totally different histories. Um, so reason, the reason I switched number one, I said, we're kind of getting bored with mystery of history. They'd already used it for a while. And then I thought, well, they're still going to get a chronological approach, but from a different writing style and a different voice. So we switched my middle schoolers over. Now they really did enjoy Susan Wise Bowers writing style. And what we did in middle school is mainly oral narration with the lessons. I wanted them to mainly just enjoy reading the lessons because they are written in a really great style. Your kids won't feel like they're reading a textbook. It'll feel a little bit more like they're reading a novel and makes it, I mean, that is what history is. It's stories, right? So we shouldn't be dreading it like it's a dry, boring textbook. And that's what I liked about the way Story of the World is presented funny how even the size of the book affects how you feel about history, right? So mystery of history is big. It's like a, it is like a big textbook, even though her writing style is engaging. Um, story of the world is the size of a library book that you'd get out to read a novel. And so I don't know, there's something about even the size of the book that makes it feel more approachable. So just like Mystery of History, Story of the World also has four volumes. Volume one is Ancient Times, Volume two, Middle Ages, Volume three, Early Modern Times, and Volume four, The Modern Age. Instead of lessons, Story of the World is divided into chapters. And so in Volume one, there are 42 chapters, each with a specific focus. So for example, I'll just, so you can hear kind of how she talks about it. Chapter 20 is called Greece Gets Civilized Again, and it includes um, Greece Gets an Alphabet, the stories of Homer, and the first Olympic Games. So she kind of has a theme for each of the chapters, and then she kind of goes from there. She's very engaging, and it's kind of reminds me of the way, you know, people passed on oral history in the past. So she goes into interesting tidbits about famous people you know, and even average people, you know, she just pulls out very interesting things. Her books are not like traditional textbooks. Um, and I would actually say it's more of like a living book than even mystery of history. And so let me give you another example, right? So as she's writing about volume two in the middle, about the middle ages, here's how she approaches it. So she relates these fun questions of history and what kid wouldn't feel like, yeah, I want to read about this. I want to know what the answer is. So here's what she says about volume two, the middle ages. Here's what she will cover. Who discovered chocolate? What happened to giant favor of the mighty blows? And why did the Ottoman Turks drag their warships across dry land? I mean, that's interesting, right? So you can maybe get a, get a glimpse of her approach. Now, Story of the world. Again, you can just use it with the textbook. You can just have your student read it. You could do oral or written narrations and you'd be fine probably, but there are tons of more components. She has activity books. If you want worksheets and coloring pages and review and narration prompts, then you'll want the activity book. You can also get the audiobook version again. So you don't have to read aloud for yourself. And there are whole coloring books to go along with the lessons for your younger kids. So that's another way that you can use this for multiple ages. You just get the appropriate coloring book or activity book for each of your kids. 
and you're still all listening to the exact same lesson, but everyone has a different, you know, activity that they're working on. So uh, to the question of whether story of the world is secular or Christian, um, you know, I said, mystery of history starts volume one with a literal six day creation. According to the Bible story of the world begins about 7,000 years in the past with the first nomads living near the fertile crescent. So she doesn't start with creation. She's starting with fertile crescent. Okay. And what we know about that, Susan Weisbauer does include biblical history in volume one, including a whole chapter on the Jewish people where God speaks to Abraham, Joseph goes to Egypt. She quotes extensively from Genesis to cover these accounts. Um, and the author includes biblical stories and characters as relevant to history, but she doesn't center the flow of history around them the way mystery of history does. So story of the world is not described by the author as a Christian curriculum, and it isn't presented from a Christian worldview lens. And that's what I've seen from it. So if you're, you know, concerned about that, my middle schoolers, I felt were, you know, fully able to read it and be discerning. You know, if she talked about things as myth or whatever, I felt like they would be able to pick up on that. Story of the world does follow a classical model also because you have four cycles of history studies being presented over three main life stages, right? The grammar, the logic, and the rhetoric. Um, however, you'd probably only use story of the world for your kids in grades K through eight. And you would, I would say you'd want a more comprehensive curriculum for the high school years. Now story of the world definitely has enough history for your elementary kids. In fact, it's probably abundantly more history than they're being taught in the public school system. And I say this as a former public school history teacher in the middle school level. So I wouldn't be scared about it or e either one, both of mystery of history and story of the world are, are way more than most kids are getting in the public school system. So what age is story of the world for? It really was created to be a read aloud series for your elementary age kids. But like like I said, middle school students can use it as a spine, jump into more reading or research or writing about the content if you want. And so, you know, it's definitely enough. It's definitely enough. But in high school, again, I would say eat for both of them. I would say to spin off on into another um, curriculum. And so for the high school years, my top recommendation would be not grass history. They, they are awesome because you can get English Bible and history credit if you want to, with just one of their courses. Um, and they have all the typical high school courses. Compass Classroom is another really good option. They have video courses for high schoolers and middle schoolers. They're excellent. I also love the idea of free courses from Hillsdale College. They have amazing courses and I haven't yet gotten to use them with my high schoolers because my high schoolers end up doing dual enrollment classes for college, which is another great idea. And so they've been going that route for, for most of high school. But if I ever had a reason, if I needed it for high school level, I really love the look of the free Hillsdale courses and you can't beat free, right? And you can deep dive into really cool topics with, with them. So that's, that's what I would say for high school for either one of these. If you want to use mystery of history or story of the world, it's really good from kindergarten through eighth. But my recommendation would be to spin off into something a little deeper for high school. So once again, if you want to see a video flip through what does story of the world actually look like, you can find that in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 188. 
So as we wrap up, here's the gist of it. Both mystery of history and story of the world are written in an engaging narrative style. Neither of them feels like this dusty old textbook from school. Both of the programs provide hands-on activities, projects that correspond to the lessons, and you can easily group multiple ages together. So who should use mystery of history? Here's what I would say. Use mystery of history if you want a distinctly Christian curriculum, you want to focus on biblical history, you want a history program that's based on a Christian worldview, and if you want to teach multiple ages together, you want a flexible curriculum that includes hands-on activities and timelines, or it doesn't have to. If you want to be able to teach all your kids together and you want a more traditional history textbook, but still not dry, it's still engaging, that's who should use mystery of history. Now, who should use story of the world? Use story of the world if you want a more secular history curriculum, although it does include lessons related to biblical history. If you don't want the focus of ancient history to be on the biblical timeline, if you want to teach multiple ages together, if you want a flexible curriculum that gives you activities and maps and timelines, but you also don't have to use them, if you want an enjoyable history read aloud for your younger students, or if you want an engaging history book for your middle school students to read independently, those are the people that would appreciate story of the world. So We've used both of them at different times in our homeschool. I feel like they're both solid. They're both both excellent resources for teaching history. And they both fit into really a lot of different homeschooling styles, including classical, Charlotte Mason, eclectic, and even traditional. So it really comes down to your family priorities in homeschooling. I hope this has been helpful to kind of talk about the similarities and differences of these two really popular curriculum choices. If you want to see video flip throughs of both or even deep dive further into this content, check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 188. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.